Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week we have a special guest pastor, Bethany Pierbolt, bring us the message, What Can I Do to Make a Difference? for our Renew Hope series. Scripture comes from Mark 12, 41 through 44, and is read by Bethany. Our lesson today is coming from the gospel according to Mark. We are going to be looking at uh, chapter 12 and starting at verse 41. So let us listen for what the Spirit has for us today. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling the disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty. But in everything, all she had, to, uh, she put in everything, all she had to live on. The word of our Lord. Uh, I don't know, do I have any teachers, people who are professional as teachers? We all teach. No? Good, because you're going to have to go to school on Monday in this mess, so I'm glad you're not here. <laughs> I'm glad you're at home. But we know we have teachers that are professional, and some of them who are our teachers that maybe we stumble into teaching. And there is a moment in all teachers' lives when a light bulb turns on in a student's mind, and it is the best moment. All the hard work of explaining and demonstrating, running through a concept over and over and over, finally pays off. The student gets it, and the teacher swells with joy. Our story from Mark today is a moment of this joyful moment with Jesus, watching one of his students get it. He's in Jerusalem. It's Passover time. There are crowds that are gathering to celebrate. And he's found a spot in the temple that he can watch the people as they come and go. He should see the religious displays of faithful people. This is a festival that attracts the celebrities in the religious faith. And it should be a good time to find an example of what it is to worship God, what it is to be a person of God. And what Jesus observes is not entirely encouraging. He sees people taking on far too much in the temple because they think somehow that will win them friends and status and the place in God's heaven. He hears loud praying, so loud that People know exactly what they're praying about. They're hoping that everyone can see just how knowledgeable and aware they are and what to pray for. And he hears people giving their offerings one coin at a time. Clink, 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 clink. 
so that everyone there knows exactly how much each person in their finest robes are giving to the temple. As Jesus begins to get frustrated with these many missteps of God's people and not understanding why they're not getting it, Abraham explained this, Moses explained it, all the prophets have gone over this over and over again. Jesus hears clink, clink, and then nothing. He looks up to see why this person has put in such a delay in their offering. And he smiles as he sees a widow walking away from the offering jar. She gets it. She gets it. She understands what offering is all about. And so Jesus gathers all of his disciples, his students that are supposed to be observing and learning and says, look, look, this is the one who understands what offering is. Now, we understand that Jesus doesn't really care about the amount, but what we do struggle still with is what Jesus is trying to teach his people in this moment. A lot of times I hear the sermons that this is about uh, giving until it hurts. Maybe you've heard that concept before. That you're not actually giving until you notice that your money is gone. But I don't think that's why Jesus is excited about this woman. I think Jesus is excited because this particular woman, in a context of being poor has found herself with two extra coins during festival season. She could go and buy a celebratory pomegranate for herself, enjoy it, and then go back to what life was before. But instead, she gives her surplus to the community and the organization, the place that has given her pomegranates in every festival. The place where she has been able to depend on being welcomed during the celebrations when she doesn't have a family to go to. She could, for this moment, share the joy of her surplus with herself. Or she could ensure that the ministry that has served her so well can serve others and remains there for her tomorrow. This community, this temple, even though they have people who are not exactly doing everything right, are doing some things right. They are supporting the widows in their midst. They have a ministry to reach out to those who are in need. If that was the case, this temple probably had lots of other ministries and offerings and things that would come up throughout the year dealing with homelessness or youth or other issues in their community. And then this widow is one of those benefactors. Giving to a community that supports you, your spiritual needs, your needs of feeling like you belong, your emotional well-being, the things that benefit you is just giving to yourself, right? 
when I first became a pastor, I struggled with like, well, the tithe that I give is now coming from a payment that I'm getting from the church. And so am I actually paying and giving anything? It can feel like this, this weird dichotomy of, is there any, any surplus coming in or am I just giving back what I already have or what they already gave me? But uh, I don't, many of you, I came from a, a church that was very big in stocks. We had lots of CEOs and big money people back in Michigan. And uh, they taught me well. They said to put your money in places where you're already spending money. And so when I became a youth pastor, I invested in 3M because they create duct tape and band-aids <laughs> and things that I used very, uh, very much every day in my youth ministry. That if you're already going to be buying these things and you, you find them useful and you want them in your life, then that's where you should invest your money. It makes sense. And so giving it to a ministry that offers something for you ensures that that community will still be there, will be there to support you when you need it in the future, when your children need it in the future. Jesus holds this widow up as the example because she gets this concept. She understands that it's not about giving until it hurts. It's about giving to what has helped heal you. Giving to the things that you want to be present for the others in your community. The ways you have seen others be healed. The things you want to be there for your children and grandchildren and generations to come. Because this widow was so dependent on the widow's ministry of this church or this temple at the time. She needed it to exist. And so when she had a little bit more, she made sure that she did what she could to help it continue to exist. For the widow, it was a very tangible need. In the church, however, sometimes these needs can get kind of gray area. We're used to going to a store, giving money, getting a thing in return, exchanging money for our needs and wants. When we gather together as a community to create something, it's sometimes our job to be a benefactor sometimes our job to be a giver. And so that line between the immediate exchange that this widow understood gets blurred for many of us. Now, there are three words in the church that we use during this time of stewardship. Tithe, offering, and giving. You may think they're all the same, but they are actually pretty different. So tithing is what we usually uh, call the thing that we call like 10%. We get this idea, so there's like two verses in the Bible that say like, yeah, 10% might be the right amount. It's an arbitrary number. But the tithing is the thing that we give just automatically. This is our tithe to the church, the thing that we give. 
Then we have offerings. Uh, you may have collected an offering for relief in Gaza. Um, these things go to special, uh, special ministries. They ask for uh, offerings to the youth ministry. Those are very specific, designated places for us to put our money. And then there's this thing called a pledge, which y'all are talking about right now. This came about when the church realized, like, it's really nice to know how much money we have to spend in the next year. It's a pretty nice thing. And so the church started doing this uh, pledge thing. Now, sometimes uh, churches look at this as where you um, dedicate your tithe. Uh, and sometimes people use this as their um, grand offering for the year. From this, it looks like you're talking more about tithes. Weekly, monthly, quarterly, um, it can come straight, okay, ACH, wow, you guys are really like ahead of the times, just like make it super easy. Good, good work. Uh, and this is something that people on the internet understand a lot. If you know what um, uh, Patreon is, that's how my ministry works a lot. People give monthly, just automatically monthly to, the, to me, to the ministry. Uh, so this is something that is not unusual. It's not something the church has invented. It's not something that the, only the church is using. But it is a very helpful thing to understand. And so as you're talking this year about your tithes and your offering and your pledges, I want you to understand we're not talking about giving until it hurts. You may be in a season where you are needing to be the benefactor of this ministry, and that is a beautiful and wonderful place to be. This church doesn't exist without those people. You may be someone who is able to give a couple extra. But what the widow is teaching us is that we essentially, in every season of our life, are giving to our own well-being. To make sure that the things that have supported us spiritually, the things that we have needed in our lives that has lifted us up and brought us down to reality are there for us the next time we need it. Last stewardship season, I was in Michigan in a church and there was a young boy, I think Jake was about five or six. He, he had just started elementary school, I believe. But he, his favorite part about church was that every time he came in, he knew that our office administrator had a bowl of candy on her desk. The best part about church, hands down. And during stewardship season, he was hearing all these things about um, giving and giving of your, your, uh, your time and your money and your gifts. And, and we talked about uh, what is your favorite part about church? And the next Sunday, he walked in. It was around Christ, or, um, Halloween time, too. So, like, he had access. He came in with this amazing bag of candy. And he said, this is for the candy jar. And I'm sure they're still going through this candy today because it, it was a lot. And it was a big deal for him to go through his candy supply that he could have had that November, December, Bring it to the church and say, I want this to exist. I want this to always be there. I don't want to walk into this building and have that jar empty. And part of that ability to be a community is to know I have some responsibility in making sure that jar is full. Jake 
and this widow show us that it can be hard to talk about money in this season. We usually only talk about it one time a year because it is a hard thing to talk about in churches. But what we're actually doing is reflecting on what this community has done for us. Maybe you've been a benefactor by someone visiting you. Maybe you've had someone call you up at a time that you really needed a phone call. Maybe walking through these doors and seeing a smile is the best part of your week. I've heard that the sermon is not the words that come from here, but the words that sit on our hearts. So I want you to take some time and reflect on what this community has meant for you in the past. To think about what is your favorite part of new hope existing. Let us sit with the Spirit's words. May we be brave enough to be like that widow, to be like that child, that when we find a little bit more, we can make sure the Spirit leads us back to the things we love most. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.